your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Former Boston Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy has been hired by the Vegas Golden Knights just about one week after he was let go. And uh, myself, Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins, joined by Chris Gallick of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights to uh, talk about the new hire. So let's uh, get into today's crossover episode of Locked On Bruins and Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is up, hockey fans? It is... uh... Wednesday, June 15th, and this is a special crossover episode between myself, Ian McLaren from Locked On Boston Bruins, uh, and uh, Chris from Locked On Golden Knights. We're going to be talking about the Bruce Cassidy hiring in Vegas. Uh, On behalf of both podcasts, I want to thank you all for making it uh, a daily listen. You can subscribe to Locked On Bruins and Locked On Golden Knights in uh, your podcast apps just open it up hit that subscribe button each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds uh, for you to download listen and enjoy if you could rate and review that would be very much appreciated as well and um, yeah you can find locked on bruins also on youtube at locked nhl bruins on twitter and instagram and uh, happy to be joined today uh, by Chris from Locked On Golden Knights. How's it going, Chris? It's uh, been a whirlwind of events, and uh, we finally got our coach, so uh, we're we're excited. Uh, I guess um, my first question for you is, help us kind of get to know Bruce a little bit, not just so much the coach, but talk about kind of how he is in the community, his visibility, and what kind of character can we expect to get to know as Bruce hopefully helps us develop a new identity here in Vegas. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a great testament of his character is the fact that after he was let go by the Boston Bruins, he, uh, approached the media team for the Bruins and set up a zoom call so that he could take some questions from Boston media, but also, you know, make a kind of a point of final connection with them. Everybody who jumped on talked about uh, or thanked him for his time in Boston, how great it was to, uh, you know, talk to him day in and day out, made mention of uh, his kids playing playing baseball. Uh, his son was a pitcher in the area. And uh, you could just see that he... Yeah, was a valued member, not just of the Boston Bruins, but of the community as a whole. He uh, had really made a home in the area between Providence and then Boston and really made some some pretty good connections there. So 
like he said at the time, he he was not super happy about uh, about leaving Boston. But uh, you guys in Vegas are certainly getting uh, not just a great coach, but also a, a pretty stand up guy as well. That that's pretty cool. Um, you know, just trying to dig some stuff up here and learn a little more about him, and just kind of going through um, what's happened with our two coaches, uh, Gerard Gallant. That was obviously. Um, a shock firing and obviously watching the Rangers go deep. It's been um, a bit bittersweet, but um, my son is his second favorite team is the Rangers. So whenever I say Rangers, he's going to, you're going to get a reaction out of him. Um, He's Christopher. Also say hi really fast, Chris. Hey. Okay. Hey buddy. All right. So um, we we know a little bit about his character and such. And going back to what I was going to say about Gallant, Gallant did a short little thing after he was let go with, I believe Fox, uh, our local Fox uh, media outlet Mm. here. It wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't as in-depth as what uh, Cassidy did. Uh, DeBoer hasn't done anything with the media since he was <laughs> let go. And and that's not a... I don't think that's a knock on him. I think it's just kind of, you know, he's ready to move on and such like that. But I right. forgot who said it. Um, the comment was that Cassidy put on a master class as far as tra- transitioning out of one job to the other. I mean, he's... Mm-hmm. From afar, obviously, he has every reason to be a bit salty right now. He's right. had nothing but success in Boston. Like looking back, the first thing I did when, when Cassidy was let go, I think in Vegas we knew he was going to be a a considerable option. And I mean, all the guy did was win. It seemed like he did a good job yeah. down at the AHL level. He's six straight runs in the playoffs, and then. The year he gets fired was, I mean, in the middle of the season, there was concern Boston wasn't going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They get there, they take a, the Stanley Cup contender to seven games, and here we are. So, as far as Boston goes, is Boston just looking to go a different direction? Are they at the point where so many of the players are getting older, and like, I mean, there's so many injuries right now as well going into next season. Mm-hmm. Are they just going to blow it up and just start fresh? Is this a negative reflection on Cassidy? I think. Don Sweeney kind of tried to paint it as a bit of a negative on Bruce Cassidy, and that's one of the reasons why he did want to talk to the media afterwards, is to kind of clear up things that were being said about him. You know, there was questions about how he handled some young players. There were questions about losing the room, about Patrice Bergeron, or David Krejci even saying that they would only consider coming back if he was no longer behind the bench, uh, which all seems pretty crazy to me. Um, Don Sweeney's uh, formal argument was that they just needed a new voice in the room. And I think a lot of it was kind of passing the buck from the failings of management onto a head coach who's been incredibly successful with this team, getting the most out of uh, out of the roster. Like you mentioned uh, they were in a pretty rough spot early on this se- this past season. He made some really smart lineup decisions. And at one point, I, I even said it, I thought he should be in the Jack Adams conversation based on how he was able to um, just plug in all these new players, uh, made the decision to bump David Pasternak to the second line. That really helped things get going for the Bruins. And, yeah, it's... There's no real logical reason to fire him at this point other than to do something to 
appease team president Cam Neely, to appease ownership, and for Don Sweeney not to take the blame on himself, quite honestly. And and the fact that he was hired so quickly by a team with very real Stanley Cup aspirations just shows you how he's seen around the league and uh, what kind of a, a gaffe the Bruins have made here with, with this uh, – with how they've handled this whole situation. Um, the relationship between Pasternak and, and forgive me if I said that wrong, but between Pasta and Cassidy, we'll keep it like that, nice and easy. I, I thought there was a, and whether it's substantiated or not, but I thought uh, Pasta was pretty supportive of Cassidy and almost was on the other side of where, where Krejci was. Basically, if without Cassidy, you don't have me. I mean, is that a report that you've heard? And can you maybe expand on that a little bit? I mean, I, I think I haven't heard anything specifically with regards to Cassidy and Pasternak. There was, uh, you know, Pasternak and Krejci played together at the World Championship. And one of Krejci's comments after he decided to go home this past season and in light of how the season played out for the Bruins was, you know, David Pasternak was taken off the top line. That was something that he was never willing to do during David Krejci's time with the Bruins is put those two guys together. They're close friends, Krejci and Pasternak are. And, um, you know, the reports coming out about Pasternak's perhaps discontent had to do more with Don Sweeney's handling of Tori Krug, who was a good friend of his, and uh, Krejci not, not really making it worth his while. So I think... I think Pasternak and Cassidy were okay. Pasternak played some of his best uh, hockey under Cassidy. He became a more complete player. And, um, you know, he's going to be in line for a pretty huge payday. And that's in part because of how Bruce Cassidy was able to uh, make his game a bit more complete and bring out some kind of defensive aspects in his game that uh, had been previously lacking. Something me and Tony uh, here on Lockdown Vegas have hit a lot on, and I can already hear this uh, in, in your voice, um, is about interference from the front office about managing like day-to-day rosters, like even going as deep as making, you know, like like Kelly McCrimmon, our general manager, George McPhee, our president, and possibly even Bill Foley, our owner, to some degree, about interfering with the coach and just kind of not letting the coach do their job. And I'm kind of hearing, is there a little bit of that happening with uh, Sweeney and Cassidy, or is it going to happen with uh, Sweeney and insert new coach uh, for Boston here? What is that relationship like? I think, honestly, it's been more... I think Sweeney and Cassidy were somewhat on the same page. I think it's more coming from, uh, from Cam Neely. Uh, he's a team president, been in that role for a long time, and he kind of has some old school views on how teams should be playing, how teams should be built, you know, toughness, guy getting guys that will park in front of the net and clear rebounds instead of playing off the rush, um, playing more of a north-south game like Cassidy wanted to do. Um so in some ways, I think this decision was Don Sweeney trying to preserve his own job and appeasing Neely by getting rid of Cassidy, even though deep down he might agree more with with the direction that, that the coach wanted to take the team as opposed to uh, 
Uh, Cam Neely was a very successful Hall of Fame guy, but not quite the same style um, for today's NHL. Punching bag Cam. Remember <laughs> yeah. this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember being a, a Blackhawks fan and uh, from Chicago originally in about the mid-90s and such. And I think uh, uh, one of the early games I went to was with uh, my good buddy John, his, his father. We call him Geek. Um, and long story there, we'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, but, um, yeah, it was just punching bag cam, punching bag cam. And I remember that. So that, that stuck out to me when you mentioned Cam Neely. Um, right, right, right. I, I mean, all good stuff. It's all pointing, you know, hopefully good, you know, in the right direction, obviously for Vegas and such right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a great, great hire for sure. Uh, before we move on, you want to talk a bit about, uh, rock auto there, Chris? Yeah, let's go. So today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure the often pointless, seemingly intimidating question, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Simply, folks, save time and money with Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore our easy-to-use website today and find the solution for all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available. Uh, type locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know uh, where, uh, where they sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts, your local car, I'm sorry, I'm blocked here, on all <laughs> on rockauto.com. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, we also want to encourage everybody to, uh, to help us out by filling out a Locked On Podcasts survey to make our shows even better. Uh, this is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. You can visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey to get started. doesn't take very long, and you can uh, qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Again, that's LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thank you so much for uh, for your help with that. So coming into our next segment, I guess um, before we get into just more about the Vegas side, I guess on the Boston side, um, who is it looking like? Who are some of the possible candidates to possibly replace Cassidy here? What direction will the team be going? Uh, well, there's quite a few names that uh, that are out there. Um, yesterday uh, on the 32 Thoughts podcast, hockey insider Elliot Friedman uh, mentioned a few names, uh, including uh, Jay Leach, who was a former, or he took over in Providence once Bruce Cassidy was promoted. Um, there was uh, Nate Lehman, who coaches in Providence. Um, this morning, I saw a tweet saying the Bruins were looking to interview a handful of people, including... Um, Jim Montgomery, formerly of the Dallas Stars. Uh, Joe Sacco, who's an assistant in Boston right now. David Quinn, formerly of 
the Rangers, and uh, Spencer Carberry, who is an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it looks like they're kind of, like Don Sweeney said they would, kind of throwing a wide net out there. Um, and looks like it'll be a mix of some guys with some NHL head coaching experience, some guys with more NCAA experience, um, some guys just uh, AHL, e- ECHL, NHL assistant head coaching experience. So right now it seems pretty wide open as to uh, who they're going to look at. And really, you know, none of them are, are going to be as good as, as Bruce Cassidy has been. Uh, not only just, uh, yeah, because he's a great coach, but because of, you know, the team probably more on the downswing at this point than uh, than they are on the rise as, as Stanley Cup contenders. Did Was Sweeney the GM when Cassidy was promoted from the AHL level to the NHL level? Yeah, one of, uh, I think it, it was a couple years in to Sweeney's tenure. Uh, the Bruins had missed the playoffs a couple years running, and he made the decision to, to can Claude Julien and uh, to, to promote Bruce Cassidy. And, you know, that wasn't uh, a super popular decision at the time either, not because of Bruce Cassidy, but just because, you know, Julian had won a cup with the Bruins, taking them to another final. Uh, a couple or a few years prior to that um but same kind of thing or actually no in his case yeah like it kind of had run its course and uh they went with a kind of a younger voice in bruce cassidy a guy who had helped some of the guys that are pretty prominent on the roster now come up through uh through providence i i mentioned uh earlier i was a used to you know live outside of chicago diehard blackhawks fan transition to vgk um are you still mad about 17 seconds <laughs> uh you know not as much anymore to me i'm, right I'm now, ducking out of the way so i don't get hit right uh, now. 2019 <laughs> certainly hurts a lot more than uh than 2013 does for sure you know they had yes. won a cup a couple years before there was the patrice bergeron was like half dead during that game and yes uh, uh, yeah, it was just a, a bit of a tough one. I would have loved to see that go to, to Game 7, but uh, 2019, I think, will last longer as a, a missed opportunity for sure. How do you feel what the direction of the, of the Bruins is right now? Are they are they still in win-now mode? I, their roster, their, their top-end talent is certainly incredible. Goaltending, uh, Swayman obviously is going to be a solid netminder for a long time as well. Just how do you feel? I mean, are do you feel you got a shot for a cup next year? Are you a playoff team? Are they going to blow things up and just start fresh? What, what do you think right now? I think a lot of it depends on uh, what Patrice Bergeron decides to do this offseason. He's contemplating his future. Um, I'm hopeful that he'll be back. If he is back, um, they still have a bunch of injuries to deal with off the top. Brad Marchand will be out. For a couple of months, Charlie McAvoy will be out for a couple of months. Um, I think if they can kind of weather that storm and Bergeron comes back, they could be a playoff team. Um, if he decides not to come back, it'll be pretty tough to um, to stay competitive. Although there was a, a pretty big gap between 
fourth and fifth in the Atlantic Division this past season. I don't know which teams might be ready to make the, that jump up. Uh, probably more likely that a Metro Division team would kind of take it uh, that extra wild card spot. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty solid on the back end with Swayman, Allmark. They can build around McAvoy, Lindholm, uh, but they are woefully thin down the middle, and, and unless they address that, um, even if Bergeron comes back, they're they're still going to be uh, hard pressed to, you know, advance past uh, 82 games and win a playoff round, uh, much less uh, you know two or three. What's it like being in the Atlantic right now? I mean, just what you mentioned a second ago, you got to contend with Toronto emerging now as, you know, what looks like they're going to be a powerhouse for a while. Tampa is Tampa. Uh, Florida, President's Trophy this past year. And Boston is the fourth team that we mentioned right now. Mm-hmm. So talk about the Atlantic and just the Eastern Conference in general and just how hard it. We don't. In the West, it's a lot different. The Pacific was very weak. I, I'll be one of the first ones to say that. But what is it like just having that pressure as a fan of every game you lose, it just makes it so much more difficult to catch up? Yeah, I mean, those top three teams are uh, or were among the best in the NHL all season long, and, and I don't really see that changing too much uh, next season. You know, Toronto's still going to be good. The Panthers are going to look to prove that they're legit uh, after, you know, winning the President's Trophy, but... Uh, not being able to do much in the playoffs. Uh, the Leafs, or sorry, the the Lightning, don't look like they're going to be stopping anytime soon. Uh, the bigger question will be, like, can Buffalo ever take that next step? Is Detroit's rebuild progressing like Tampa's did under Steve Weiserman? Um The Senators could be primed to take a step. Um, the Canadians even, they play pretty well under Martin St. Louis. So, um, it's going to take like Boston falling and one of those teams rising and kind of meeting in the middle there. If, if one, if one of them is going to jump over, uh, like I said, it's probably more likely that a team in the Metro is going to jump up. I could see, um, if the devils get a goalie and a full season out of Jack Hughes, I think they could be a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, there's just so many variables, and if you get too far behind early on in a season, especially with the three-point games, it's just almost impossible to to make up that ground, and uh, the Bruins are certainly in danger of, of finding themselves in a pretty big hole without some of these uh, big names in the lineup uh, to begin the season. Yeah, it's all interesting, and uh, I mean, you didn't even, I only think I even heard uh, last year's Campbell Bowl winner, the, the Montreal Canadiens. Imagine mm-hmm. what that was like in Vegas watching Montreal beat us in the playoffs. That was, <laughs> yeah. and I obviously understand the uh, the rivalry that exists between, uh, between uh, Boston and Montreal as well, and so much, uh, so many storylines right now. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of fun, and definitely uh, looking forward to seeing how everything uh just kind of shakes out um got a little something about bet mgm you want to tell us about for sure yeah bet uh bet online is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info you can find all the latest 
sports news and odds, including uh, the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals beginning tonight, Major League Baseball, and all the latest fighting news from the MMA, uh, UFC, boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to their website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, and speaking of the Stanley Cup final, before we get to any other questions you want to ask about Bruce Cassidy, uh, got a quick uh, Stanley Cup final prediction. How do you think this series yeah, is going to play? I out? like no, I, I'm I think I'm kind of in the minor, minority here, but uh, as I was talking to Tony yesterday in our show, give me the best, and, and this goes back to the Toronto series, goes back to uh, Toronto and Tampa in game number seven. I love Toronto and excuse me, I love Tampa in that game. Give me mm-hmm. the best goalie, mm-hmm. give me the best coach, and we'll figure the rest out. So I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm actually going Tampa in five over Colorado. Oh wow! How about what do in you five. what do you say? I I uh, think similar similar to you. I think uh, I always defer to the goalie matchup, and as good as Kemper, Francois have been, can be, Andre Vasilevsky is just the best goalie on the planet. And uh, no doubt. with their no experience, doubt. Cooper's coaching. Uh, I'm I too am picking the Lightning, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I said I think I said seven on my show yesterday, so um, a bit more. I think it'll be. I hope it goes seven because it'll be great hockey to watch. But no doubt, <laughs> I, I think the I think the the Avalanche can can take it to the limit. But again, the deciding factor is is usually goaltending, and, and Tampa Bay should definitely get the advantage there. So something in Vegas that I think that we missed a lot was taking our younger players and helping to develop them into your everyday talents and your top, you know, your top tier level of players um, and just unlocking that talent. So I was going back to look at some of the AHL rosters that Cassidy had. And before I get to that, something else that, that we've kind of tri- that's trickled down the pipeline was Cassidy's relationship with the younger players. Mm-hmm. I know that Cassidy made a point to specifically mention a lot of the younger players, um, uh, McAvoy being one, and yep. how they have developed under him. It was a little bit of campaigning on his part, I'm sure, <laughs> sure. but yeah. I think it was still genuine as well. So just where I'm going with all this, like I've seen Pasternak came through the AHL, uh, Krug, Marchand, all through Providence when Cassidy was coaching, and mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm Subban had a cup of coffee here. Colin Miller uh, was here in Vegas for a couple of years, now over in Buffalo, but Cassidy has had a role with all these players. So tell me how Cassidy is at developing talent first at the AHL level and then how he helped continue to increase them, specifically Marchand and Pasternak again, how that how he has helped them to become better players at the AHL level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, a big uh, buzzword for Bruce Cassidy is accountability. He holds his players to a a high standard on and off the ice in terms of uh, playing a complete game and also putting in the work to uh, be at your best. He uh, will not tolerate, you know, taking shifts off. He won't tolerate forwards 
not getting involved in their own end. Um, and kind of the knock against him, uh, according to some, was that he wasn't able to develop some of the younger players, like a Jack Stadnika or uh, guys that they traded, uh, you know, Danton Heinen, Ryan Donato, Anders Bjork. The thing is, though, these guys are kind of, uh, I don't want to say borderline players, but you can only get so much out of uh, certain players. If you look, you mentioned McAvoy, Krug, Marshan. Like, these are high-end guys, and... You know, it's not a situation where anybody can get the best out of them. It took, you know, Cassidy and his staff to develop them, to get the best out of them, and to, like, Pasternak, like I said, is a perfect example. He, pure goal scorer, great shooter, able to turn him into a more complete player. Um, So, you know, Don Sweeney drafted some guys who are, you know, questionable NHL talent, you can only, you know, draw so much water from those rocks. You know what I mean? Um, So when it comes to Cassidy, like I said, accountability, uh, he is very demanding. Sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. He and Jake DeBrusque butted heads. Uh, I'm sure there's other guys he butted heads with that we don't know as much. But if players want to win, he gets those results. And if they buy in then, uh, you know, Vegas should be in pretty good hands. I think of, uh, I was thinking of, like, Brad Marchand. He had some of his best offensive seasons under Bruce Cassidy uh, while also becoming, like, a real Selkie-level forward as well. And I think of a guy like Mark Stone, you know, into getting into his 30s. This is where, you know, Brad Marchand kind of really took off and became an elite player, I think. Uh, a guy like Mark Stone buying into Bruce Cassidy's system, he could, yeah, just become, uh, not that he's already not uh, a great player, but just even take it to another level under Bruce Cassidy with that with that amount of buy-in and uh, accepting what he, what he can bring and what he demands out of his players. So two things you uh, you mentioned drawing water out of rocks and uh, if Cassidy can find a way to do that and we have so many water <laughs> issues here in Vegas with the uh, Lake Mead so hopefully uh, he can be a hero if he can figure out that but um I guess just the last thing the last thing I want to ask about anything else you got obviously jump in on it but Vegas has since we hired Pete DeBoer has lacked identity mm-hmm. uh, when we had Gerard Gallant we knew what our team was it was hardworking forechecking or relentless forecheck. And just good two-way hockey with accountability, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we had DeBoer, I feel like the accountability and a lot of the character was lost. So I guess just the final thing that I want to learn about is what type of character and identity will the Vegas Golden Knights have now that Bruce Cassidy is uh, is our uh, new leader? Yeah, I think, well, looking at both of those guys that you mentioned, you can expect more of a Gallant-type coach uh he like i said bruce cassidy uh he he expects uh full like full effort from each player every single night uh he expects his defensemen to get involved but be responsible in their own ends obviously response smart with the puck he expects his forwards to 
uh, skate the full length of the ice and help. You know, there's a reason why the Bruins were a, a top defensive team under Bruce Cassidy, a top penalty killing team, and that's because everybody got involved. There, there were no coasters out there, and if there were, you know, you were finding yourself up in in the press box for a game or two. Uh, so the Bruins had a clear identity under Bruce Cassidy. They were hardworking. Um, if there's one area they struggled with, it was, you know, scoring five on five. I don't know if that's a talent issue or if it was his system, just not being able to finish. But, um, yeah, you can expect that kind of uh, full effort, hardworking team that is responsible defensively, smart offensively, and uh, with some of the players you have there in Vegas, uh, I would expect that it will be uh, pretty successful. They were, they were very smart to jump on him before uh, – he became too enamored with with any other possible uh, vacancies for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Winnipeg Jets I saw they're trying to get trots. They got like a local brewery or pub yeah, offered them yeah, free yeah. spirits for life. And you know we got a I mean when I I know we got to be a PC, but we got a few things we can offer here in Vegas as well. Mm-hmm. But um, we yeah, can yeah. kind of leave it at that. But I mean in Vegas we're excited. Uh, Cassidy was my number one choice. My my trifecta. Uh, Cassidy, Trotz, and then Rick Tockett, I thought, would have been mm, a good hire yeah. as well for Vegas. Um, but, yeah, I think here in Vegas we're excited. We're excited to hopefully get our identity back. And it seems like we're going to be a hardworking, tough team. And I think uh, mistakes are not going to be tolerated with Cassidy. And yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm okay with that, and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm glad we, we got to do this and learn a little bit about uh, about what's, what's to come. And, uh, you know... If you guys happen to hire Pete DeBoer, you know, then uh, you, you can uh, bring me and Tony yeah. back and we can Let's, uh, tell you all sorts of things. Not that I haven't enjoyed this, but uh, I hope we don't have that conversation anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, thanks so much for uh, for taking some time, Chris. I am uh, excited for Vegas. I think a guy like Jack Eichel could really uh, benefit from the stability that Bruce Cassidy is going to bring to the Golden Knights. And, uh, yeah, I really see this becoming a, a pretty successful thing for uh, for Vegas. Now, I uh, want to just thank everybody again for making Locked On Bruins, Locked On Golden Knights part of your day. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast next. They're covering the playoffs like nobody else. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Before we sign off, Chris, do you want to let people know where they can find uh, – Locked on Golden Knights, where they can find you and Tony on uh, social mm-hmm. media. Yeah, uh, Tony is at Tony, uh, Tony Dasco on Twitter. Uh, I'm at TD Chris G. That's a touchdown Chris G. Uh, we do have our YouTube network that when things are going well, we're uh, <laughs> we're on there. But unfortunately, we've been having some issues with that. So, but it was good to. Uh, I mean, I shaved in the last 48 hours, so I'm glad I made that decision oh, nice. before I came back on. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's uh, glad I made that decision before I uh, got back on the air here. But um, yeah, a lot of fun. Look forward to uh, you know where the seasons go, and just want to wish uh, you know you and your your Bruins the best, and hopefully you can stay competitive and keep it rolling. Perfect. And uh, people can find me at Locked NHL Bruins at ENC McLaren. And uh, yeah, thanks so much everybody for for listening to this crossover pod and uh, exciting times heading into the draft free agency. And I'm sure we'll connect again uh, sometime down the road, Chris. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. Yep. Cheers, everybody. Thank you.